Welcome to Dispatch in Depth, where we give you the stories behind the science of emergency dispatch. This is an official podcast of the International Academies of Emergency Dispatch, the world's leading authority in dispatch science. I'm your host, Becca Barris, writer and copy editor for the Journal of Emergency Dispatch. In each episode, we'll be bringing you stories of the fascinating people who work in this area. We'll give you their backstory, including how they got there, what they're working on, and what drew them to the field. These are people who represent the cutting edge in emergency dispatch, and I hope you'll join us to hear more about them. Welcome to Dispatch in Depth. I don't have to tell you that emergency dispatchers are underappreciated. No matter the size of the center or which discipline you dispatch for or how long you've been working there, every single emergency dispatcher needs to feel recognized and celebrated. Luckily, there's a whole week in April dedicated to just that. This year, National Public Safety Telecommunications Week is from April 9th to the 15th, and we're giving you ideas now so that you can be well prepared. To help us, I've asked Alexia Jobson with Remza Health to join. Alexia serves the organization by expanding opportunities for audience engagement, promotion, communication, and relationship building. She has more than two decades of business and communications experience in the healthcare agency, visual arts, and property management sectors. Alexia holds an accreditation in public relations, is a nationally registered emergency medical technician, and is a graduate of the University of Nevada, Reno's Reynolds School of Journalism. Currently, she is the chair of the American Ambulance Association's Communications Committee. Welcome, Alexia. Hello, thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you back on the podcast. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be here. (laughs) Yeah, especially chatting about this very important issue that we will get to in a second. But first, could you please give us a quick rundown of your career path? How did you end up becoming public affairs manager for REMSA? Sure. So as you mentioned in the bio that I went to school here in the Reno Sparks area. I attended UNR and after I graduated, I worked for a variety of organizations in the public relations capacity. So the art museum, I worked for a healthcare system, a shopping center. And then I ended up at the public relations and marketing agency that had Remsa Health as a client. In fact, Remsa Health was that agency's first client many, many years ago. And so I felt like I really scored when I got to have Remsa as my client and I immediately fell in love with the organization and don't tell the folks at the agency, but pretty much immediately started looking for a way that I could move to the client side and come work for Remsa Health. And eventually it's just the stars aligned and I was able to begin my career here with Remsa Health about five-ish years ago. Right on. So would you say that you knew like a lot about emergency response or not a whole lot when you got started in this whole thing? I did not know a lot about emergency response. I really feel actually like when I look back on my career, I've been fortunate that each place that I've worked, I have learned so much about the behind the scenes work of that, that we as consumers and humans just take things for granted. And then once you start working in an organization, you it just gives you such a different perspective. And so I'm so grateful. And even after five years, I continue to learn so much about EMS operations, out of hospital healthcare, dispatch and communications. It's just constantly interesting and exciting to me. So I feel very fortunate for that. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to the topic of emergency dispatchers feeling 
underappreciated and undercelebrated. Was there a specific conversation or comment that inspired you to get more creative with dispatcher recognition in your center? Sure. So the way we kind of thought about it, we had multiple appreciation weeks here. So because we have an air ambulance program, we also have nurses. So we think about nurses week and then there's, of course, EMS week and just regular employee appreciation day and all of these things. And and included in that, of course, is appreciation for our, our dispatchers and the week that we used to celebrate them. And as we were considering all of those weeks, it was a variety of comments and conversations and realizations. A couple of them that stick in my head is that we realized that there were very few awards being given, that it kind of really focused on a very specific group of people that were being considered for some of these awards. So we we knew we needed to expand that and revamp how we solicit awards, what we recognize. So that sort of thing, we also, we're focusing a lot apparently on food. There was one comment that came in, this one stung a little bit, I'll say. Uh, it kind of referenced the fact that, you know, sure, catering lunch or dinner one day is great, but we're not dogs. We can feed ourselves. Is there something else we can do to celebrate? And that was like, oh man. And I get it. Like, I get how people can have that reaction. If you're on the planning side of these recognition weeks, you can, you can tend to think, oh, well, they should just be grateful for whatever we do for them. Or, you know, budgets are tight and time is tight and we don't really have a lot. We'll just do this, you know, pizza party for them and hope they like it. And so it was really just a variety of things that we looked at and thought, okay, we can revamp this and really get at ways that we can help them feel truly appreciated because we do appreciate them. And we were frustrated, I think, on the planning side because it wasn't showing up. It wasn't feeling like that to them, but we were doing all the things we thought we needed to do. So before any supervisors or managers shut off the podcast, we're not saying that food is, you know, not an option. It's never okay, right? We're here to expand it, right? Revamp it. So it's not just, you know, pizza, leftover pizza from like the day shift for the night shifters. (laughs) So Alexia has a lot of ideas. She has a plethora of ideas from which people can pick This is a cafeteria. This is a cafeteria of ideas. So Alexia is going to list a bunch of things and you can say, well, that's never going to work. But this might work and go forward from there because every center is different. Exactly. I think that's a great point. Yes, please don't switch off the podcast. (laughs) We have been there. We know the frustration, but we also have been on the other side of it when we do get it right. And we've had people come to us and say, this is the best recognition we've ever had, or I've worked at so many other centers or EMS organizations and nobody's ever made me feel like this. And so there's really a lot of potential here. So one of the things that I think we wanted to start with before we kind of dig into the ideas at our organization was to make sure that we had a really good focus on what was driving the choices we were making about the food we were buying or the activities we were planning or the awards we were giving. And so there were a couple of guiding principles that we put together. We wanted to focus on events and gestures that would be meaningful to employees. We wanted to express our appreciation for the important work they do every day. And we also wanted to make sure that we were 
getting the celebrations extended across all of our shifts and locations. That was a spot where we had really fallen short before. And then we wanted to create interdepartmental appreciation and celebration. So, you know, maybe you have different pods of dispatchers, maybe they're in physical locations, maybe they just dispatch for different agencies. And we wanted to, through these celebrations, find a way to help them recognize the importance of their colleagues and the work that they do. So those were the guiding principles that we put into place and that we kind of kept returning to to make sure that we are focusing on the right things as we dug into some of these tactics and ways that, that we can celebrate. That's a really good idea because planning can get into this sort of space where you're nitpicking and you're like, well, what do we really want? And the way that you're doing it is you have these principles to fall back on. So you can say, okay, we're getting kind of stuck here. So let's go back. How is this going to, you know, spread recognition? How is this going to be meaningful to the employees, to the dispatchers? That's a really good idea. Great. Good. I'm glad that that sounds like it's something that people can kind of identify with. And again, I want to also remind leaders especially, or if you're on the planning side, if you're on the committee, you all know your colleagues really well, right? And so probably on a regular basis, they're kind of sharing with you what does feel good to them in terms of recognition and what motivates them. And when they start to beam, is it because a leader walked through the department and asked how their kids are? Or is it because they they did get, you know, a great delivery of fantastic food for lunch that day. What is it that kind of lights them up? And you all know that. It's just that we're so frazzled. We're so hectic with our day-to-day work that we sometimes don't give ourselves a chance to focus on that. So I think at the beginning of your plan and kind of sit down and think, oh yeah, it really means a lot to my team when X, fill in the blank. So what really meant a lot to our team is I kind of broke this down into chunks and we talked about food, ways that we can help them feel good, awards that we can give, community recognition, and then events, and then prizes. So there's lots of chunks of categories there. So I'm happy to start, as we mentioned, with food, because in my culture, food is the way that we show love. So for me personally, that's like a quick default that I go to whenever I'm trying to show someone appreciation or connection. So some of the ways that we did that is, as you mentioned, Rebecca, this is our kind of cafeteria a la carte selection. People can take some, none, all. So we hosted a coffee truck and they could order whatever specialty drink they wanted and a pastry. And then we allow that to be on site for, you know, whatever, eight or 10 hours a day. And they can go out kind of as they take their breaks and that sort of thing. We've also recognized that stashing some frozen ice cream bars are a great way to just kind of give someone, I mean, nobody can be unhappy when they're eating an ice cream sandwich, right? (laughs) So pop those in the freezer in the break room and let people grab them as they need to. Organize a potluck. Our dispatch center, as well as our business office, actually have awesome potlucks. And some of them are competitions. Other times they organize them around a theme. So that's always a fun way to get people engaged. And then you can invite in some of those other departments. Another big hit for us is leaders cook and serve the food. We had two or three leaders last year that got out their griddle. They showed up very early in the morning. I think they were already serving people by six o'clock. they were making breakfast burritos and grilled cheese sandwiches. And it was it was just such a fun way for folks to engage and chat with each other. And I mean, it gives a whole new definition to the idea of servant leadership, right? So that was the fun one. So those are a couple of ways that we like to celebrate with food 
around our organization. Right. Again, it's not just pizza. It's a lot of different ways of providing the food, right? Because there are some people who, like me, going to, you know, the cafeteria or wherever and having the CEO serving me is my idea of a nightmare, right? Like, I would rather just stay at my desk and get some ice cream later. And you guys are open to different personalities, right? And realizing that not everyone is going to want to do a chili cook-off, but the people that do, they might really want to do it so they can show off their family recipe. Exactly. And and to give some of this to the folks to plan and to organize and say, hey, you know, if you want to do this for your little pod, fantastic. But over here, we are going to put those ice cream bars in the freezer and that'll be the way that we do that, you know, and, and so to really give them some, some choice in it. So one of the other categories that we considered was ways that we could take care of our dispatchers, our employees, our team members. And again, that feels different to everybody with this, this whole idea of self-care is very popular right now. And so we wanted to kind of dig into that a little bit and see if there's some things that we could provide. So we have offered chair massages. I also think hand massages would be fantastic. And again, you know, we reach out to our partners in the community and say, hey, I know this isn't normally how you do this, but can you bring a chair massage in and set up for, you know, six hours and we'll rotate people through every 15 minutes and that sort of thing. And people are actually very, businesses are very generous once they understand what it is that you're trying to do. And so they're happy to kind of rearrange their, their typical model same with something like yoga instruction or meditation maybe that's something that you offer over what would normally be a lunch break or you can offer meditation maybe just you set up a room for the week and you allow people to go in you have quiet music you have someone there that kind of can explain to them what meditation is or guided meditation something like that i know that this is probably popular across many centers pet therapy teams yes Yes, it is a hit. I mean, I have seen many, many colleagues who, this one just sticks in my head is that this gal came back from a shift here and she was a medic out on the street. She came back in and we had the pet therapy teams there and there was just this big, beautiful, fluffy golden retriever and the dog just ran right up to this medic and the medic kind of got down on her knees and buried her face in the dog's fur and just looked up at us and said, you have no idea how much I needed this today. And it was, my heart just fills when I think back to that story, because we don't know if that was something happening in her personal life or if she had a rough day out in the field or what it was. But in that moment, we were able to meet her need and allow her that space for whatever it was she needed to decompress at the end of the day. So again, you know, if there's something happening as far as wellness or mental wellness, physical wellness, in your center already, maybe there's an opportunity to capitalize on that during your recognition week. Maybe you up the prize for however many whiles walked that week or whatever it is, if there's already an initiative in place. So I think those are those are really important ways that we can make our colleagues feel cared for and appreciated, knowing that we see them as a whole person inside and out. One of the other buckets that we recognize that we really could expand was the awards category. And I will say that we are still a work in progress on this one. We haven't fully nailed it yet. And I actually really like that. I think as you go through it and you're like, oh, this is really how we should be recognizing this person for this outstanding clinical component. And then there's this really great customer service over here. And then this person really values their colleagues. And so we've developed awards kind of around each of these and I would say, let that be kind of free flowing from year to year. Like certainly you want some of those repeat awards and things like that, but look for ways that 
we can help people feel welcome and engaged. One of the ones that we've established recently is a newcomer of the year. And so that can be across the entire organization, somebody that has joined the team in the last year since our last recognition week. And they just really are making a difference in their colleagues' lives or they're an exceptional provider, whatever it is. Also, we have implemented Clinical Excellence Awards, and that one's a little bit of a heavier lift in terms of people needing to go back and sometimes review calls or look at charts or things like that. But I really think, especially for REMSA Health, that is an important one for us because we do focus so much on being a healthcare organization and that clinical component. And so Absolutely, we include our dispatchers in that. They're our first first responders. The quality of our clinical care over the phone is as important to us as any other delivery of care. And so we call out a special dispatch clinical excellence award separate from our air and ground programs. And then we also, of course, have a dispatcher of the year, someone from our regional emergency communication center who really just exceeds expectations, whether that's the way they provide service over the phone, the way they work with their colleagues, how they're involved in the industry. It really can be a variety of things. So what I would say about the awards category here is think about this one a couple months, probably before your recognition week, establish your categories create a little online submission form. Google Forms is great for this. It's free and it dumps right into a spreadsheet. And then maybe about two weeks before your celebration, have a committee kind of go through, figure out the award winners, and then you can order awards online for pretty inexpensive and something tangible for people to have that says their name and the award in the year just is such a source of pride, right? It's something they can put on their desk or they can take home to their families. So I think the awards category holds a lot of opportunity for people to create some important recognition points. Another area that we have discovered is meaningful for our employees is the events section. So this last year, we looked at ways that we could allow segments of our employees to organize events that feel fun for them. So maybe that's a group lunch. Maybe they get together and go bowling. Maybe they host a movie night at a local theater or something like that. So those events can be really, I think, up to the employees and what feels good for them. Another great event that kind of crosses the line between employee focused and community recognition would be to organize a reunion between a caller, a dispatcher, and whoever the field provider, law enforcement officer, firefighter was. That's just gold, I think, across the board for a variety of reasons. What better way to make someone feel recognized and appreciated than connecting them with literally the life that they touched and allowing news media to cover that, maybe featuring that on social media, some internal recognition around that if you have a newsletter or something like that an intranet i think that's a great way to to recognize and thank our teammates absolutely and then the last couple of buckets kind of again are, are paired up we consider them thank you gifts as well as prizes one of our focuses was meeting people where they are and so we can't expect our dispatchers to be able to just pop out and, you know, grab a buffet lunch or enter to win a prize or whatever, we needed to go into the dispatch center. So we took our portable prize wheel with us. Same idea with our field providers. They 
leave our main campus and then go out for a 10 hour shift and they don't get to come back and maybe enjoy lunch or do the grab bag for prizes. So we have to go out and meet them where they are. So we had this great prize wheel and we were able to offer gift cards, sporting event tickets, shift coverage from a supervisor, reserved parking, extra PTO. So those are some things that are pretty easy, not a big investment from the organization, but really matter. I mean, today I would have loved to have had a reserved parking spot. So, you know, those things kind of make a little bit of a difference for folks. And then a thank you gift. If you do have the budget, which I know we'll, we'll talk about, if you do have the budget for that, some sort of little thank you gift, maybe it's a really nice water bottle or a stadium seat or a tote bag or things like that for people to stash their things in their locker or whatever. So I think, again, just paying attention to what people wish they had or mentioned that they would use or, oh, my husband got this really great gift from his company and it's a whatever. So I think if we just tune in a little bit, our our colleagues and employees are likely telling us, giving us hints at what mattered to them. We just have to pay attention. I really love the idea of contacting someone whose life has been touched by emergency dispatch, especially, right? Because so many dispatchers never get to a find out what happens the rest of the story they have no idea and then b they never get to meet that person so a lot of the stories that i see because i'm also the social media coordinator for ied of people meeting you know the people they gave cpr instructions to or the baby they helped deliver like they're like this is the best thing and that's free right like you don't and the the people are happy to be asked they're like I would love to say thank you to this person who you know saved grandma's life yes exactly I mean truly you cannot place a value on those kind of connections and using that as a way to thank and celebrate the work that they do is is just incredible Correct. Unfortunately, people do assign value <laughs> to the work that uh, dispatch does, right? So if the supervisors and managers are still listening, which God bless you, thank you for still being with us. How are we going to pay for this, Alexia? What, who's who's bankrolling this? I, t- I totally get that. These ideas are great, right? But who's, who's paying for this? So let me say... A couple of things about that. One, I totally get it. We are a private nonprofit organization. We don't receive taxpayer support here at Rums of Health. We are funded entirely by user fees. So we have to be very good stewards of our healthcare dollars. What I will say too is what better way to invest your money than in your frontline staff, in your employees, in your dispatchers and providers. If you are thinking about how to build a budget, that that should definitely be one of the guiding principles, right? That this is not just handing them a gift card or buying them a pizza lunch or a tote bag. This is saying thank you. And so I think as long as we keep that in our focus and work to be an advocate for that as we are justifying our budget with our, our managers and leaders and help them understand that these things matter to folks and that we're using them as a touch point, that this is, it's not saying that the, the tote bag is gonna make them feel appreciated. It's the words that come with it. It is the handwritten note maybe that comes with it. It's a reminder to them that we see them and the important work that they do. So I would say, spend a little time about thinking of ways that we can share that message with the folks that build the budget. And then the second piece I would say is we have to brag a little bit about ourselves in our communities. And 
I think especially having been through the pandemic, people realize that our dispatchers and first responders are at the tip of the spear and that we get to enjoy a great quality of life in our communities because of them. And so I think we have to start asking for partnership, recognition, appreciation from our communities. And I think a lot of businesses are actually very generous and appreciative and are looking for opportunities to say thank you for the work that our folks do. So what I would say is let's start asking. Maybe look at who it is that you already have relationships with. Perhaps there's a local bakery that comes in and stocks your vending machine with healthy foods once a week. That's a great connection point. Draft out a letter and say, we would love for you to give away maybe 10, $10 gift cards, right? So we want to go to them with a specific ask mm. and something that kind of makes sense back to their business is always ideal. That $10 gift certificate, if that person goes into that bakery, they're likely going to spend a little bit more than $10. So that business is probably going to say, sure, that's a great investment for us. And we appreciate your larger business on a monthly basis. Some other places where I think we can look for opportunities for sponsorship or partnership from businesses are things like if you use a certain software in your center or if you have a particular apparel or equipment vendor. Some of the places that we have found great partnerships is with local organ donation organizations, hospitals, civic and service clubs, and financial institutions. They're all likely supporters. So I think definitely cast your net wide and make specific asks. I think that's really important. So the way that we approach this is that we drafted a letter that briefly affirms and reminds them about the crucial role that the center plays in the well-being of the community and then make a gracious request and ask that they consider supporting the dispatchers and the employees during this important recognition week. And some of the ways that we have done that is by asking either for a cash sponsorship of a specific thing. So if you know that your awards luncheon is going to cost $1,000, go ahead and attach that specifically. And then think about ways that that would be meaningful to that business. If it's a local business, maybe you give them three minutes at the microphone at the beginning of the awards show for them to express appreciation in person, maybe mention a thing or two about their business. That might be something that would be interesting to them. You can also ask them for in-kind donations. So if you know a local print shop and they are willing to create your awards for free, or maybe they're willing to make t-shirts for a swap or a very reduced price. That's one way that businesses are able to support nonprofit organizations. And then of course, just donating, like we talked about gift cards to a variety of different places. I think again, asking specifically for something is important to the business so that they wouldn't just look at it and go, oh, that doesn't really fit with what we do or what could we possibly offer to them? We wanna give them some options for that. And then make sure that we follow up and say thank you, send them a little note, maybe a picture of some of your dispatchers enjoying whatever it is that they sponsored. And of course, if you can tag them in social media posts or include them on your website or verbally thank them at your events, that's going to be meaningful to those businesses as well. So I think we just need to, to get past our shyness about asking for things from the communities that we live and work and play in and support with the work that we do. 
And that is such a good point because not only does it help the business, not only does it help your center, but it helps the community at large, right? Because the person who runs that business is going to say, oh, hey, you know who I made a cake for this week? The dispatchers. And their friends will be like, "Who? what are you talking about? What dispatchers? And they'll get to, you know, kind of spread the word because people don't think about dispatch unless someone else brings it up. And normally it's in usually a negative connotation or like a really conflated connotation. But in this way, it's just a very normal part of the society, of the community. Exactly. Yes. It's, they get a chance to kind of brag about doing something good that makes them feel good, a connection point that matters to the community, right? Yes. I think that's an excellent point. I am so glad I got to have you on the podcast to chat about this today. There's going to be an article coming up in the Journal of Emergency Dispatch pretty soon here. And then Alexia is also presenting at Navigator a couple of sessions. Am I right? Yes, yes. I think the other session I'm co-presenting with Adam Hines, which I always love to do. Yes. And the other session that I'm presenting, I believe, is about networking. Perfect. So uh, come on, guys, you've been listening to Alexia this whole time. And she is just she's wonderful. She has really solid and actionable ideas. So when you're at Navigator in Denver in April, a couple of weeks after National Telecommunicators Week, say hi Come network, come bounce ideas off her. Tell her what you did for National Telecommunicators Week. Let's brainstorm. Let's network. Let's do this. I love that. Exactly. And if someone has a great idea, if they're like, wait, you didn't mention this. I totally want to hear about that. So yes. Again, I mean, all of these events and ideas, this is what has worked for us so far. And let me tell you, we were getting it really wrong before we started getting it right. And and it's a journey. And I think as long as the folks know and appreciate that and you're clearly communicating with them the motivation behind all of this, that also goes a long way for them to know, oh, they're they're working hard to make us feel appreciated. So I think that's that's an important piece. Exactly. And I don't want to like steal your thunder here and I'm not going to steal your thunder like let's be real I just wanted to add that having an article in the journal is completely free just go ahead and contact us and say hey there's this really cool call or this person does really cool volunteering when they're off I would love to hear it and that is also something that we can lay out for you and I send you guys a nice copy that you can print and frame in your center and it's just it's free and it's a nice tangible keepsake for you to see that you are making a difference. Great example. I love that. And then also tag us and stuff on social media so that we can brag about you guys to other centers across the nation and it just will all snowball effect and just be a big love fest. Perfect. No one ever leaves work and goes home and says, man, I felt way too appreciated today. Right. Right? That that doesn't happen. And so there's no risk of us overdoing the appreciation as long as it is is sincere. Correct. Correct. And sincerity. Yeah. yeah. People people can sniff out, you know, insincerity. But as long as sincerity is there, as long as you're talking and having a dialogue and, you know, you talked about free flow. So being flexible when people are like, oh, well, last year we did this, but maybe we want to do something different this year. Like, just be flexible. Talk about it. Absolutely. Yep. And if I I didn't mention, I would also suggest and encourage places to form a committee around this. And it doesn't have to just be the supervisors and managers and directors that are planning. Definitely engage that frontline staff. They're the ones that we want to feel engaged and appreciated, and they know what their colleagues connect with. And plus that 
you know, shares the workload. And then when we get it right, it feels really good. And when we miss the mark, it's a shared responsibility, not just one person kind of falling short. So yes. definitely a committee. Yes, absolutely. Alexia, before we sign off, is there one thing you would like listeners to take away from today's episode? I think that the most important piece, no matter how it materializes in items or events or food or giveaways during that week, I really think it's important to understand what makes your staff truly feel appreciated and focus on that. So identifying and sticking to some of those guiding principles will keep you focused and it allows for it to be less about the money that is spent or the thrill of the activities and much more about connecting with the people and celebrating the ways that they take care of the community. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. We will have links in the show notes if you want more ideas or if you want to check out Ramza Health's sundry social media pages. They do a lot of really fun work there. And if you have questions, if we forgot to talk about something, if you are an underappreciated dispatcher who has recently felt super appreciated, give us a call, right? And Alexia's nodding. You guys can't see it. It's a it's a podcast, but... <laughs> I am. I'm totally nodding my head. I'm like, please, in the show notes, put my email address in there. And people should feel free to let me know some of their great ideas or ask some questions. I'm happy to, to always chat with folks about that. Yes, exactly. And if you want to talk with us specifically at Dispatch in Depth, go ahead and email us at Dispatch in Depth at emergencydispatch.org. And Alexia, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to chatting with everybody virtually and in person at Navigator. Thanks for listening to Dispatch in Depth. Remember, it really helps if you rate and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dispatch in Depth is hosted by me, Becca Barris. I'm also the technical director and producer, and Matthew Maiko is the executive producer. 